Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. You're listening to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum, and this is part two of his interview with Sheriff Mack. My son and I had a similar father-son week at Frontsite. It was incredible. Uh, I am a, you know, a member of Frontsite, and we went out there and took the handgun course together. Yep. Uh, it was just an awesome experience. Of course, to, you know, to do it even by yourself is awesome experience. But when sure. you do it with your son and the two of you spend that week together out there, it is truly, truly amazing. You know, I have to brag, when, we went, when they had the, the contest at the end of the handgun course, he came in second uh, out of all everyone in that class. I was so proud of him. It was just an incredible thing to see. Well, uh, my daughter, my youngest daughter, my fourth child, I have five children, uh, she did the shoot-don't-shoot building uh, contest. And there's one place where they have a photograph of a bad guy holding a child and that you have to uh, engage the shooter nevertheless. So you want to shoot him in the head because that's the only part of his body that was really exposed. And she got the headshot, and she just came back. It looked like it reminded me of her on Christmas morning when she was so excited. And she was almost in tears. She was so excited. She came back and, Dad, I got him. I got him. And I said, you just saved your little McKenna's life in, in that situation. And I was, just, I was just so moved and so thrilled uh, with her success and how happy she was that she was uh, a a good shot. And uh, she carries her gun everywhere she wants to now, because in Arizona we have constitutional carry. There's only four states that have constitutional carry. Uh, You do not have it in South Carolina. Uh, That's where you're from, right? North Carolina. North Carolina. You don't have it there either. And uh, I'm really amazed that places like North Carolina and Texas uh, do not have uh, Montana, Idaho, do not have constitutional carry. If you don't have constitutional carry, then you have unconstitutional carry. And we still have to do some work in Arizona uh, to get it to, to where, you know, it's not this, well, now where can I carry a gun? But in Arizona, Wyoming, Alaska, and Vermont, you don't have to have any permits, no permits from government whatsoever to carry a gun, open or concealed. And that's how it should be in every state. And it flat out is plain and simply, I do not have to have a permit. I do not have to ask permission from my government to keep and bear arms. So we still have a lot of work to do. 
Well, again, as you pointed out, self-protection is a natural law right. It is a God-given right. It's something that our Creator gave to us. And uh, we certainly, our founders were were such incredible men to put that in the Constitution and in the Bill of Rights. And it is unfortunate that politicians have tried to take that right away for their own agendas. Uh, That's something that we need to keep fighting. It's the fallacy of the gun-free zone, as if criminals are going to see the sign gun-free zone and put down their weapons. (laughs) I mean... uh, (laughs) But how you know, laughable? yeah, how it's laughable. laughable is that? I mean, well, it's just an absolute farce. Well, when we say it, you and I, it sounds funny. But when it you talk funny. about it to people uh, who are uh, anti-gun, they just don't get the the oxymoron that that really uh, that really spells out. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite comical that they think those signs are going to stop somebody or uh, a thug. You know. Uh, there was a video put out about that where a lady was being attacked in her bed, being awakened by a thug with a gun or with a knife, and uh, uh, no, with a gun, obviously. And she pointed up to the sign in her bedroom and said, gun free zone. And then he threw down uh, the gun and took off. Uh, you know, a satire on such ridiculous laws and uh, rules that they put out in our society, and, and especially in front of our schools, that we take comfort in making our schools a gun-free zone and that that's going to keep them from experiencing gun violence. And now we're finally getting people to think and talk uh, about this issue that maybe our schools should be armed instead of complete gun-free zones where all the thugs and ex-cons and uh, lunatics and drug dealers know that they can go and not be challenged. So for heaven's sakes, even if it's a lie, you don't tell people that these are gun-free zones. You, you say all the schools are armed by trained personnel, by teachers who used to be in the military or National Guard, or by just teachers who wanted to be armed and trained, and make that announcement to the world instead of what they've done in the past. And I'll show you something just like Detroit and Milwaukee, where crime starts going down because the thugs know they will be engaged if they go into these uh, schools and public institutions and try to control it with one handgun. And literally, they control hundreds and hundreds of people with just one handgun or one rifle. And it's ridiculous. And the places where, uh, one place in Alabama where a school teacher ran out to his truck and got his gun and went back in, he saved hundreds of lives, dozens if not hundreds of lives. And uh, my hat's off to, and again, though, you are correct. The national media refuses to give these people credit or to address any time or any situation where a citizen defends himself and if you look at John Lott's book, uh, More Guns, Less Crime, you'll see that that happens about one and a half million times every year. But, of course, NBC and the others will not report any of that. And really, that's that's one of the, the problems that we have. You know, it reminds me of, of that sign that I've seen often, is that these premises are protected by an owner armed with a Smith, Smith & Wesson handgun three nights a week. 
you figure out which three. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and, and that's really what I you're like saying. That. All you have to do is, is once someone sees that the premises, that they could possibly run into some uh, resistance, they're going to go for some, somewhere else. And right. that's really what it's all about. You know, Sheriff Mack, you founded the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. How's that organization doing, and, and what are your plans for it? Well, our plans are to make it bigger, better, and faster, and that's where you and your listening audience come in. Uh, we want everybody to go to that website, cspoa.org, cspoa.org, and become a member, make a donation. The only way that we grow is if you join. Uh, we're doing everything we can. We've dedicated our lives to this, to creating constitutional sheriffs all across the country who will defend your right to keep and bear arms, who will defend your right uh, of freedom of speech and to peaceably assemble, uh, and to make sure that you're, you're not being abused by government, and that these men and women, uh, called sheriffs of America, will stand and put themselves in the way, interpose on your behalf, to make sure that you are not being victimized by other agents of government, especially our own federal government, where we already know the IRS, the EPA, the FDA, the FBI, and many others there, hundreds of bureaucracies, uh, victimize citizens, law-abiding, peaceful citizens every day, and we want that stopped. And we believe that the sheriffs of this country can do it. We've already seen numerous times where sheriffs have done it. I did it in Arizona. We have Sheriff Mattis that did it in Wyoming. We have Sheriff Palmer that's doing it in Grant County, Oregon. We have Sheriff uh, Brad Rogers who did it in Indiana. We have Sheriff Finch who did it in Florida. We have Sheriff Clark, as I mentioned, who did it in uh, Milwaukee. We're still having it done all across America. We have got to create more of that, and the only way we do it is with the people's help. So join, make a donation, get involved. We want every person uh, in this country to get a relationship with your sheriff, know what he is about, ask him if he's a constitutional sheriff, ask him if he'll uh, develop and manage a posse, tell him you want to be on his posse. Sheriff Arpaio in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, Maricopa County, has over 3,000 people on his posse. They do a lot of good work. My dear friends, we must get involved. We cannot just sit and watch the parade go by. We must be part of the solution. That's so, my dear right. friends, get involved. We have to take a quick commercial break. More with Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum right after this. That's such a great organization. You know, we live here in the western mountains. This is a very rural area of western North Carolina, north Georgia, east Tennessee. We think like you do, and so do our sheriffs. We are really blessed here to have some really outstanding sheriffs who articulate exactly what you have said. The sheriff, you do they have some good sheriffs there. You really do, and one of them is uh, Sam Page. Right. We have, we have good sheriffs here, and we have talked with all of them. And the sheriffs here, by and large, will support the people. They will come out and support the people against the usurpation of power by, the, by any governmental authority. 
uh, we asked them. We asked them to come forward and make public statements, and just about all of them have had no problem coming forward and saying, yes, I will support the people, because they understand that they were elected by the people. They are the highest elected law enforcement office officer in the county. They, right. they, they are beholden to the people of the county, and they'll tell you that right away. Well, it is, and it, there's so many people that still don't understand his role. A lot of sheriffs don't understand the role of the sheriff. But when you look at the history of the office of sheriff, and when you look at what's going on in our country, you have to ask yourself, is there a solution? And my newest book that's coming out next week, Are You a David?, addresses all of this. If someone in the government comes into your county and breaks the law and victimizes law-abiding citizens, who is required, who is obligated to defend you, to protect you, and to help you? Now, my dear friends, who is it? And if you cannot depend on the person that you hired in your county who swore in God's name that he would uphold, defend, protect, and preserve the United States Constitution, if you cannot count on him, then you're pretty much lost. The, the only solution to what's going on today with all the government crimes, with all the government corruption, with all the government scandals, and the absolute criminality of our own government, if, if there is a solution, it lies in the office of the sheriff and local officials. I hope chiefs of police do this, too. I'm not demeaning chiefs of police. But there's only one law enforcement officer who answers directly to the people, and that is uh, the sheriff. He's the only elected law enforcement officer anywhere in your community. And he's promised you that he would protect your God-given rights as detailed in the Constitution. Therefore, he has to know and understand his job, and that is where we come in. We have the books available we have these tools available. Every one of you should get a hold of these books. I have one book that, that came out five and a half years ago that details his duties, and it's called The County Sheriff, America's Last Hope. It's only 50 pages long. Now we have this new one, Are You a David? That is such a beautiful, powerful comp uh, analogy of the office of sheriff with the story of David. And if we're not gonna if we're not gonna man up and take on Goliath and have the courage to stand and fight Goliath, or as you mentioned at the very beginning, fight City Hall. If you're afraid to fight City Hall, if you're afraid to go against Goliath, then you are compromising the liberty of the American people in your jurisdiction. We cannot do that anymore. We have to take a stand and once we do, the federal government will get the message. Let's put them on notice. There's just a few things you're not going to do in our county anymore. And the first one that you would say that to is anybody that wants to confiscate guns. The second one is to any federal agency like the IRS that thinks that they can come in and do anything they want without due process and without following the Constitution. And that is what we're all about at the CSPOA. If you go to our website, you can see a resolution that we developed this past January, 
and you need to get your public officials to sign it. You need to take that to your sheriff. You need to sign it, and you need to be a part of this. We have hundreds of people who have already signed it, and we want to, to send these to uh, our politicians in Washington so that they can forward them to their bureaucrats and say, look, the sheriffs and people in this country do not, will not tolerate any more violations of the Constitution in their particular jurisdictions. You know, you could even have a sheriff say, you know what, uh, you might be able to go to the neighboring county and get away with this, but in my county, you will follow the Bill of Rights. You will follow the law, and you will not come in here and pretend that your bureaucratic policies and regulations somehow, miraculously, magically, supersede the Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights is the supreme law of the land, and you and I will live by those laws. I mean, that's such a powerful message, Sheriff Mack. You know, I have in front of me a copy of that resolution. I've read through it a number of times. It's absolutely incredible because everything that you say is, in the, is right here in, this, in the CSPOA resolution. We need to have people getting this resolution out to their elected officials, their sheriffs, their chiefs of police, because you're right. If we can have the sheriff of the county sign on to this resolution, then we know that we at least have a chance that we'll be protected. What about regular people who are not sheriffs? What is their role in the CSPOA? Well, first of all, to increase our numbers and to uh, make sure their voices uh, are heard. And we expect that people, when they join, that they, they are called the CSPOA posse. And we expect them to try to develop posses in their local areas with their sheriffs. It, it requires that you have a relationship with your local officials county commissioners, county attorneys, and especially uh, your law enforcement officers. Get to know the, the uh, uh, patrol officers, the police who are in your neighborhood. Uh, get to know them. Uh, let them know uh, how you feel and make sure that you get them the materials that we have so that these tools can be spread around and uh, that we, we literally change this uh, paradigm to one of public service instead of public harassment. I mean, this is a powerful message, and I know that a lot of people listening in this rural area of ours do have a really good relationship with the local sheriffs. They're people, people persons. They they come out. You can interact with them. They are available. And that's one of the great things about living in our rural area. Uh, let's switch gears for a moment. I mean, I know that you're a board member of Oath Keepers. Uh, mm -hmm. I am an oath keeper, a Vietnam-era commissioned officer in the Navy. Uh, we took an oath to protect and defend the Constitution against enemies foreign and domestic. Let's talk a little bit about oath keepers. Uh, it's an incredible organization, and you know there are ten orders that oath keepers will not obey. Right. Yeah, and uh, the number one is uh, gun control laws. They will not support those. They will not uh, be a part of that. But, you know, again... Just like we've talked about, this is just common sense. Uh, yes, it's common law, but it's common sense. Read, read the law. Read our history. Uh, if the American people had been disarmed, we wouldn't have had a revolutionary war. We would have been incapable of it. And as a matter of fact, uh, when Oath Keepers was uh, founded back in 2009, 
we did it at Lexington Concord on the green, right there where the first shot uh, was fired. Uh, the first shot heard round the world uh, is its maxim. Uh, right there where that occurred, where the first battle of the Revolutionary War, when the Redcoats came in and Captain Parker said, uh, you know, uh, don't fire boys unless they fire shirt, uh, first. But if they fire, uh, if they want war, let it begin here. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Yeah, when I play the hoochie-coochie man... I get joy in everything, 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 everything gonna be all right this morning.